0: evening, everyone. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Once again, wonderful to be with everybody listening now, uh, listening in the future, and just looking forward to what Yah has for us through Socratic conversation, questions, answers, insight. So we will be back with you in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord And find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. All right, well, this evening I have the privilege of being here with my two brothers, Phil and Josh. Guys, before we get started, just see how you guys are doing. Josh, how are you doing this evening?
1: Doing fine. Thank you, Sean. How about you?
0: Always well, a functional day. Glad to be here. Phil, how are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. No complaints. At least not that we know of right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, good to be with everybody again. And where we're going to start this evening on the podcast is I had a few things going through my mind today. And typically what will happen is I'll have one or two things and one will just resonate and just come around again just at different times so this is where kind of let's say you're spinning a wheel or something and it'll just land on this and that's what happened this evening and it came to mind because here recently just having some struggles of my own and had something happen to me yesterday afternoon as I was out driving and just made me think of this and just another thing to discuss and be aware of in the journey of the true faith journey in YAH. And we've talked about struggling and suffering before, and the truth is is that there's struggle in life, and we've said this before, that there is struggle in faith, because everybody has faith. But the podcast that is having us do is steered towards those that are seeking out faith in Yah. Because everybody has faith in something. You have faith in yourself. You have faith in Jesus. You have faith in whatever religion, yourself, other people. And we've been talking here recently about aspects of the gospel message, the good news of of Yah, the, the truth that is the power of Yah unto salvation for all those who believe. And this is a another aspect of it that is touched on some, but it really came to mind in the aspect of with what Yah is doing with us, and not just with us, but all those that they have elected, that they have chosen, is to get the gospel message out, which is the good news that you can, not only can you, but you have the ability to be saved from eternal torment and the abyss, and you have the way to be on this earth in yeshua messiah the fullness of deity and bodily form without sin and that's the good news that you can live this life without sin you can walk as he did and if that were not possible then yeshua would not have come like he did because he was made in every way we were made in every way just like him well he was made Um, just like us, yet he was without sin. And what came to mind was, was that everybody has daily battles. You have struggles. And it came to mind that there's an aspect in the Word of God where it refers to that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, dark spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And there's an aspect of what's mentioned as putting on the full armor of God. Okay. And what got me thinking about this was, and and I did think about the actual aspects of the armor and in, in each piece. But what it made me think of is so many times just like in the in the Bible, people will claim to teach from the Bible and and claim something as absolute truth, but then do you really understand what you're actually teaching? Like the word says, you who are going to teach people the law of God, do you follow the law of God yourself? Well, if you don't, then there's a problem because if you're telling people don't steal, yet you steal, then you shouldn't be a teacher of the law until you understand. Well, with me being a teacher of the law, the aspect of teaching is example. So it's not only me just telling you verbally don't steal, it's in my life in my example, don't steal because make sure you're not being a hypocrite because if you're telling people not to steal, but you're stealing, then you're not keeping the law yourself. So how are you being a good teacher? Well, the good teacher obviously is Yah because they keep the law and then they are able to teach it because they're actually living it. So what it made me think of is that if you take the actual armor of God and you break it down what came to mind was is that each aspect of the armor of God we're touching on with this podcast. But what happens is is that you think by what you think you understand is truth that you have this armor and that you have the ability to put it on. And it was interesting cause I was just going through this in my mind, you know, just like thinking about a, let's say a football uniform, you know, you have your football uniform, you have your armor, your, your protection. You know, you have your helmet, you have your shoulder pads, you have your knee pads, you have your shoes, your cleats, armbands, wristbands, you know, the face mask, which is on the helmet, mouthpiece, and the the same thing giving us a physical aspect of Yah with the protection of Yah. And what reason is there to have a passage in the Word of God about putting on the armor of God if there is not a battle? Because, with what we're doing with faith in Yah, that we're on the side of Yah, and there is an enemy of Yah, and there is battle going on in the spiritual realms. Yah would not bring this up if there wasn't an aspect of be prepared to have the full protection of Yah, because so you're able to stand up against the battle, against the war. <clears throat> and it made me think of the aspect of the armor, where we'll just go to the helmet. Okay, the helmet of salvation. All right, well, do you truly have the helmet of salvation if you don't know what salvation is, what the purpose of salvation is, Yeshua's life? Okay, well, you can't have the mind of salvation, which is Yeshua, if you don't understand what that is. All right, you have the breastplate of righteousness. Well, do you know what righteousness truly is? Is righteousness sinning and asking for forgiveness? Sinning, asking for for forgiveness. Well, that's not living in righteousness, that's living in sin. So do you have the breastplate of righteousness? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Well, the Bible has the Word of God in it, but it says that the sword is the Word of God, so if you don't have the Word of God, then you don't have a weapon. You think you do, but you don't. The belt of truth is what you're professing the truth. If it doesn't, then—and Josh, you know this from weightlifting— and you put a belt on that's supposed to support you so that you don't get injured. You don't have the belt. What support do you have? You don't have the truth. Then you're on shifting sand, having your feet fitted for the readiness of the gospel of peace. Well, what is the gospel of peace? What is peace? What is the shield of faith? Well, what's faith is faith about doubt is faith. And it's just such an interesting concept because the assumption is, well, you know i've got this full armor and i'm i can put it on and but you have to understand what each piece of armor what each piece means and make sure that as the word says that because you're in a battle you know put on the full armor you're not going to run out on a football field with no helmet you're going to get hit in the head you're going to be concussed you're going to come out you don't go out without shoulder pads you're going to be injured you don't go out you know, without the knee break, knee pad, you're going to hurt your knees. You don't wear shoes. You're on the field. Your feet are going to get stomped, and you're not going to be able to walk. And and it just made me think of that make sure that anybody that's going to be teaching anything about the truth of God, that make sure, as, as y'all told us, to speak what you know and know what you speak. Now, that doesn't mean that you know absolutely everything, but you have mother within your heart to where she knows all that can be known, that is known. She gives you what you need so that you can understand the truth. But people listening out there, and again, we're speaking to those that are seeking with all their heart that really want to know this. Count the cost of faith because faith, in faith, there are there is a spiritual battle. Because if it wasn't, the word of God wouldn't mention it. You know, we are to be aware of of the enemy schemes not unaware because the word says we're not unaware that doesn't mean that we're just sitting around you know i'm going to figure out what the enemy's doing no the enemy does what they do but make sure that there's a reason that yah made sure to mention that to put all these pieces in place because when the battle comes where's the enemy going to strike you they're going to strike you where you're weakest if you don't have a helmet i'm going to hit you in the head you don't have a shield i'm going to hit you where you can't throw off the darts, you don't have a breastplate, I'm going to hit you in the heart. You don't have your the readiness for the gospel of peace, then I'm going to hit you in the legs. And it's to make sure you're fully protected and you want to fight back against the spiritual forces, use the word of God. Messiah gave us that example when he was taken out into the desert, having the armor on, you know that how did he come back at the enemy with the word of God? Is what he used. And you've got to be prepared for Struggles to come because don't think that the enemy doesn't know that there's people listening to this seeking with all their heart. That you start seeking with all your heart, the enemy's like, Wait a minute, you're on my side, you're not going over to this side of God. If you think you are, I'm going to put a stop to this and I'm going to do it to where you're not going to be looking for me. And I'm going to do it in secret because I thought about this driving over that what's the best way to really scam people is. I'm going to do something and you have no idea what I'm doing. You know, the people that, yeah, yeah, we've got you figured out and no, I'm going to, I want to be in the background to where you don't even have any idea that I'm there working so that you don't see that you have no idea what's going on. And, you know, you want to preach Jesus. You want to do all these other things. Go ahead. I don't care about that, but I hear about this getting away from sin stuff. Oh, okay. We're going to put a stop to that. Or, because we've had this, where people have wanted to come to the church gathering that we have, and we even made that made it clear to them, hey, look, just be aware that the enemy is out there prowling around because things will start to happen, and don't be surprised if struggles start coming at work or your family members start getting upset or something, and just not that it's going to happen specifically in a certain way, but just be aware of that the enemy is around, and because we've had that to where. Somebody was coming, and this other person was. It came about about celebrating Christmas and they were or Easter or something, and then that kind of took them away to where, well, I just I don't know if I want to be a part of it. And it's like you know you were told ahead of time, but this is to help those to realize that this isn't saying that you're just every day you're just on your face on the floor struggling and you know it's just so hard. It's not that, but it's like with anything, an awareness. Of a spiritual battle that is going on that there's two sides you're either on the side of god or you're on the side of the enemy and it's not that we go out and we provoke people to get into battle like we don't and this will be a lesson learned if you attempt to do it don't attempt to provoke the enemy just realize that the enemy is doing what they're doing um, but you focus on god and having protection from them because even job who was righteous before God, Yah had a protection on him, and what happened? Yah allowed that protection to come off, and then the enemy went after him, but he could only do what Yah made it clear he couldn't do. Now, you can do these things, but you cannot take his life. But you can do the other things. And even the enemy is saying, well, you have a hedge of protection. I can't touch him. Okay, well, I'll take that away because Yah has their protection in place the way they want it. But just realize that you, you come to the fullness of faith that, okay, you understand the truth now, and walk around with this truth within your mind and your heart and your soul, and just be on guard that there's times where you need to take the sword out, but make sure you know how to operate that sword. You know you have to have the arm, the shield come up, or you know. So this is just one of those things to bring an awareness to that the faith journey. Uh, you are a part of a spiritual battle, and there's times when you're going to you know, face battles and the best way to do it is to use the full armor of God because that's in place to be the best help. You know, when the enemy throws those fiery darts that you have the shield of faith that you can quench all those darts. Well, there's times where you don't put that shield up and you're not thinking about it and you get hit. And I'll just share this. This happened to me that I was in a struggle and how this came to mind was, and Josh, I know you've had this. I was going out, I got some gas in the car and came back and I was like, just some stuff was rising up and it was just, you hear this laughing just for a moment. And I was like, okay. You know, because the enemy attacking and it was just like, yep. We were told about that. And I was like, Nope, I'm going to make sure I'm paying attention. And then from there, I just started thinking about this, that, that even if you're in the fullness of faith that the enemy can still attack, and just be on guard because if you're not thinking about it, then these things come about. And this is just such an important thing. It's just another piece to go with the gospel message because yes, we are here to preach the gospel, but also to know that there's warfare out there and the enemy is referred to as the prince of the power of the air. All the sound waves and the media, social media, and all these things and all that's in the enemy's control. And just realize that it don't think it as though something is strange that's happening to you when you're seeking this true faith that things will happen to deter you because, you know, don't think that the enemy doesn't know the truth of God to where they're not just, well, I don't have any idea what's happening. No, they, we even had an instance, someone in our gathering where he was told, you don't think I know the Bible better than, than anyone else. Yeah. Go ahead and read your Bible, you know, cause I, cause I'm, I'm familiar with it. And so this is just a way to, just tell people ahead of time that you will face struggles and battles but knowing and understanding the full armor of god and being able to put that on and go into battle that's your best protection because it's the full armor of yah yah gives these pieces for protection and just be aware that that battle is there in faith and we are to be in a place where we're not unaware the devil schemes we're not necessarily privy to every single scheme but just realize that the enemy is roaming around like a lion seeking whom he can devour and it's serious business so again this isn't we're not putting a challenge out to the enemy or anything like that it's just that people to be aware that the enemy's out there the enemy doesn't like that the truth of god is being presented but our trust is in yah you know there's not we're just walking around like thinking we're going to get attacked but just to be aware that the cost of faith is there is struggles they're going to come about. So that's where we're going to be starting this evening. And we'll just see from here, um, you know, where yacht takes it. So guys, anybody have any thoughts?
1: Well, thinking back to the first time this lesson came out, um, years ago, we were sitting in here and directed by the spirit, coming out as each aspect of the armor actually came as came to me and having purchased each aspect of that armor to a point, getting some revelation on it, but then sitting here getting even more now about the belt of truth that I didn't have. Then you mentioned weightlifting. It's there for the support, but the belt of truth is the first piece from what I remember, the first piece mentioned in scripture. And that, Struck me and I was like the belt of truth. Well, what's a belt designed to do? It's designed to hold clothing up to cover your nakedness. So if the first aspect of seeking Yah with all your heart is to know who you are before YAH, as you're moving through that gospel message, you have to recognize your nakedness before YAH, and that shows you who YAH is because you now know who you are before YAH because you know who YAH is. And. That truth brings you to a place of brokenness and you continue to move forward from that. So now that we've established who you is and who you are, do you want to change or not? Yes, I do. Okay, well, now we can continue to add to this armor that you're going to wear as you gain things in the gospel message. And it, I want to clarify, I'm not saying that you can get pieces of armor throughout faith. You're being shown what they are. And then when you have fullness of faith you are fully armored I just want to clarify it's not like you can pick up pieces and stop at different points and things like that but going with that mindset it's designed to be used it's designed to train yas designed it to train you on how to use each piece that when you feel those rises when you feel something come up you go back to all right so I'm feeling a rise this is a me thing And this is my lower programming from the world that I've allowed in here. So let me weigh this against what the truth says, getting frustrated with whatever situation it is. Okay, well, I'm doing this out of selfishness. That's why this frustrations arising because I want something and I'm not getting it. All right. Well, that's truth. So that wipes that off. So that's an inappropriate way to act. I'm not going to think that way. And evaluation just takes place. And. We get so caught up in the emotion of it, that rise, that if you don't have a helmet to protect the head, to control the mind, because you know what the truth of the heart is, that I'm doing what YAH says to do. I know Mother is in me, and this does not line up with truth. This is selfish. This is momentary. This will pass. So this is my issue, and we're working on removing this. Okay. Okay. And you continue to move through that and life comes at you. And a lot of times, especially this past week, I wouldn't even say it's, it's just circumstantial. The amount of things that can hit you in a, in a week. Um, Monday, my radiator blew on my car. I had my daughter with me and a full load of groceries. My wife was 30 minutes away. That was stressful. And That was a rough situation. But in that moment, I was like, I'm not going to let my daughter know that anything is wrong or there's concern because really there's not. The car is a car. The groceries are groceries. But why panic and have my daughter worry about what's going on when really there's nothing to panic about? We're safe. We're in a parking lot. Okay, so we're going to hang out here for a little bit. So we looked at flowers and we ran up and down to Grass Hill until my wife came and got us. And then... I got to go through the process of learning how to change a radiator in a vehicle in a parking lot, which I've never done before. And then other things continue to happen throughout the week and it just builds. And then by Monday, the furnace went out this weekend, buying a new car Monday, my wife and I were frustrated with just the week had been a lot that week. And we were in the car driving to go do something fun as a family. and. We started to vent our frustrations back and forth to one another in an appropriate way, discussing, Hey, this week's been really tough. We've both really gone through a lot this week. It's been really hard on both of us and sharing that back and forth. And we both had rises and then we stopped talking. I was like, let's wait because we're both getting frustrated. Let's just, let's just put this on pause. And about 10 minutes later, we continued the conversation in an appropriate way. Hey, look, I heard what you said about, this issue of not getting enough time to sleep because you're working more hours. That's got to be hard. So I will let you go to bed earlier or whatever those issues are, but you discuss them appropriately controlled and well thought out with truth behind them, not allowing your emotions to run the conversation. And that takes practice and time and dedication to do that. But that's a balanced way of using the armor in an appropriate manner between an equally yoked husband and wife and if you're not equally yoked then it's still a balanced way of handling that with your side worrying about being the example of what a godly man or woman is for your spouse and that all takes place to cause division which is what the goal is the goal is to destroy unity which is ultimately what yah is one unified and that's the real goal is to make everybody only in it for themselves and not from a family aspect. So that's just part of the the battle back and forth. That is a real life situation of spousal back and forth.
2: Interesting. The realities that we look at, well, well, what do we need the armor for Sean? I mean, it said in the Bible, I, I believe it was David said, "The battle belongs to the Lord, so I don't need to do anything. God's going to do it all." You know, what do you mean? You got to put on this armor and and take and then what for? God does everything, and again, that's where people have to evaluate the reality of truth of what's being said in context. In that when when it was talked about that the battle belongs to the Lord, the reference is really that the victory belongs to the Lord. Let the Lord be the one to go out in front of you. Let let the battle belong to God, meaning that God is your superior officer who's giving you the orders and telling you what to do. But we have countless times where Yes, God went out in front of the army of Israel, but it doesn't say, well, God went out and the Israelite army, they just sat there and did nothing. They twiddled their thumbs till God was done and then they, no, there there was stuff that they had to do. You have to fight the battle, but you can't fight a battle that you don't know anything about. You don't know anything about the enemy. You don't. Uh, unable to understand the schemes and recognize it, you're already destroyed before you even set foot on the battlefield. Because you, you have to, and this is a must, you have to study the enemy as well as you study God. Now, you don't give glory to the enemy, and you don't study the enemy to be like the enemy, but you must, you must study the enemy in order that you can understand their schemes. You know, I mean, when our military goes into battles, they don't just blindly just, oh, we know nothing about these people. Just go and do this. No, you've got Uh, spy planes that are out there you've got uh, information that's being fed to them this is this is where they are they're right in this spot you know there's they're going ahead of them and that's the whole concept with God We, we do not want to have the ideal that well the battle belongs to God so I don't have to do anything well that eliminates any reason or any purpose for us to have the full armor of God that we're told to have on You must enter the battlefield. And as a matter of fact, you don't have a choice. You're you're in the battle one way or another. You're going to be completely destroyed by the enemy because he's got you right where he wants you and you don't think that he exists, or you don't think that the enemy has the ability to put uh, thoughts in your mind, or you don't think that you can be brainwashed and mind controlled, and you can think that all you want, because that's what the enemy wants. Uh, I, I've got you already. If you can't see me coming, gotcha. You can't see it when I'm the one that's getting you to get frustrated and aggravated and angry at somebody else because I'm using your selfishness against you and the other person. And this brings us to why it's so important that we recognize that the battle does belong to the Lord because without the Lord, we can do nothing. But with God, we can do everything. And that's how we overtake the enemy. And there's a a statement of, you know, don't go after the enemy, okay? Well, that's from a arrogant, look-what-I'm-going-to-do perspective because just like you spoke about, Sean, New, what we're talking about this podcast within itself is an attack on the enemy, and it's a strategic attack because we have a... Uh, plan in mind, because we want to save, We want, meaning we want to help the righteous, the people who want to know the truth of God. We want to go after them and take them back, just like we saw Abraham when Lot was uh, taken hostage, him and his family, and uh, Abraham took the fighting men and And he only took, I think it was like 316 fighting men, but they had to go and they had to fight. But that's our objective in faith is we're coming after the enemy to bring back that what belongs to God. And that what belongs to God is those who have a heart after God's own heart, the one that wants to know the truth of God, regardless of how it affects them, the one that wants true salvation, that's what we're going for. And that's why <clears throat> when we have conversations with somebody that uh, seems like, you know, that that they're interested and they want to, well, the enemy does damage control right away in order to swoop in and get you poisoned against the true message of God, that that's the objective goal within it. And I've seen it happen with people where, uh, we had one lady who came to the gathering and afterwards I, we were talking and I had a conversation with her and I was telling her that Jesus that they preach in this world does not love you. Well, that was it for her. She. Because the, the enemy was like, oh, you see? See, they're saying that Jesus doesn't love you, and you know that Jesus loves you. And and to this day, no spiritual conversation. We had spiritual conversations and stuff like that all the way up to that point. But she was unseasoned in the, the spiritual battle, and this is somebody who was in the military. And... But she was unseasoned in a spiritual battle perspective not knowing what to expect from the enemy and that's one of the things you know we try to tell people that hey expect that there's going to be strife you know people who are listening to the podcast and really getting something out of it you know we want to tell you that you want to figure out why you know maybe it's your wife that's getting, you know, getting upset with you because of things that are going on, or maybe she's getting upset because you're trying to adhere to what the uh, you, you're hearing as truth in the podcast, and she, you know, the enemy will attack you through her. Now, she doesn't understand that's what's happening, but the enemy is using her selfishness in order to do that, and there's nobody here in our gathering that hasn't faced that aspect of being attacked by somebody else because the enemy doesn't like what we're doing, you know, and people don't think about the the thoughts that come to mind when, you know, they start hearing this, what we're speaking here in this truth and all oh, them guys, they don't know what they're talking about. They just, or, well, we have the same faith. They, they've just gone farther than we, we are. And that's, You know, that's the voice of the enemy who's saying, Eve, did God really say that you'll die if you eat of the fruit? Here's what the real story is. They know you'll become like them, and that's why they don't want you to eat of the fruit. And the enemy's very good, very crafty, and much better than any human at understanding the word of God. The only and best way for you to be able to get away from that is for you to have that fullness of faith in God. And, Josh, you had mentioned about, you know, pursuing the armor as you go through the faith journey. And you had said you don't pick it up. But actually, the, the way of the process is, is each step leads you to a piece of the armor that you then start learning how to use. Okay, so first you, the the belt of truth, accepting the truth of God, you know, figuring out that it really doesn't matter what I think, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, I'm going to lean on the truth of God. So you pick up that belt, and you're intended to use that belt, but don't go into the battlefield with just the belt. And then each piece of the armor as you go as you travel seeking god with all of your heart they take you to the next piece and then they train you how to use it they train you what it's for and then they move you to the next piece and then the objective is is that you get the full armor you have circumcision of the heart now you have the full armor you have the sword of the spirit and now you have the ability to use the armor appropriately but even like Josh you know that uh, recently fairly recently uh, having circumcision of the heart that you've been held back from teaching not that you can't speak things but not trying to teach other people and that's just going along with uh, scripture it says don't let a new convert uh, teach right away because they may fall into the same trap as the enemy they may get prideful and they fall into that trap and then what and so it's it's just there's so much involved in well really any topic that we talk about there's so much involved in it that you really need to do a good in-depth study on the enemy and look over time of what the enemy has done and how they've been able to do it. And so you get to learn what those schemes are because that's how you come up with strategy is, you know, somebody else's position. It's just like, why do football teams watch film of the team? They're getting ready to play right before they play them. Well, they're doing that because well we're gonna okay, if they line up like this, they're probably going they there's they could do this, this or this. And so if they line up like this, be looking for this, and then if they make a shift here, be looking for this, and so it's all about strategy, but you have to know the enemy if you're going to have a good victory. In the midst of it, it's just so much and so important. And you do pick up the pieces of armor along the way, but as you pick them up, do not try to enter onto the battlefield until you have been fully trained in all aspects. Because, like, the last aspect for you, Josh, would have been the helmet of salvation. That's the last. You have the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Well, once you have the helmet of salvation, that's your your seal, mother in your heart. But you just got that helmet. So you have to learn the ins and outs about the helmet. And just real quick, and I'll turn it back over to you guys, that coaching football, especially with young kids, that's one of the biggest complaints you have in the first two to three weeks of football when it starts. Is the complaint that the helm that their head hurts? My head hurts. My head hurts. The, tel- the helmet is too small. My head hurts. And it's like no, it's supposed to hurt. Now, if after three weeks it, it's it's it hasn't settled in, then we'll look into changing your helmet size. Um, but a general sense, you have it has to hurt at first because. That's the the right amount of protection, but over a couple weeks of you wearing it, then you get used to it, then it doesn't hurt anymore, and now you have the best protection because if you take, you can have a helmet that's too big, and that just breeds uh, huge injury problems, and. A helmet that's too small is going to, I mean, you're going to, you're not going to be able to concentrate because it's, it's just way too small and it's tight and it's hurting and it'll hurt all the time. It'll never get better and never go away. So just from that perspective. So when somebody has circumcision of the heart, no, you're not going to jump right into teaching. You know, you you get revelation, you can share it, you know, you can talk and, but not trying to attempt to teach people because you have to learn how to use that helmet of salvation and you have to learn how to yield the sword so that you're using it in appropriation with the way that mother wants you to use it and not just slinging it anywhere and everywhere you want to.
0: And interesting that with this football was something I was thinking about because I like watching football, and what came to mind is that when in football, when do you put on the full armor? Is when you're going onto the field because you're on the sidelines. Now, some players will have their helmets on, but but a lot of times I like you're out. Like if you're offense and you're out, and the defense is in, like you'll take your helmet off, but you still have the rest of it on because you're not you don't have the combat on the sidelines. You have the combat on the field. So it just made me think of like, you can, if you know, like for example, the backup quarterback, unless they know they're coming in, they'll sit there with the helmet off. They're looking at film. You're just preparing to go in, but you're not going to have somebody come out there ready to play the game and just sit on the sideline with no uniform unless they're um, inactive. And then they, they know they're not playing. So they will be there. But um, I had this, I don't know if you guys have heard of this TV show survivor and the mantra is outwit outlast outplay and like feel like you were saying that and because with the job that i do i do insurance is that if you have a special investigative unit they're looking into investigating the other person they're not going out telling the person they're being investigated no i don't want you to know that i'm because i'm not because what they do is they'll study the person if they're in some kind of burglary scheme or they're doing something that, you know, we're going to get as much evidence as what we have and make sure that it's sure. Then we'll go and bring out the warrants and searches and things because it's just like, Oh yeah, the enemy can't touch me. We're going to go out and get the enemy. It's like, no, no, don't do that because the enemy knows us more. They know this scheme so well that they're looking for all the, you know, cops that'll be in plain cl- No, we know what that is. We're going to go through, a, we're going to make sure we know. So, we're going to just watch them and wait for the moment where we know we got them. And we're not just going to come out and just give the whole plan because no, I don't want you to know. Cause the same way that the enemy, like they don't want other people to know what they're doing that on our side that we know the truth of God more and more that we know how to come after those things, but we're not just frivolously just running out because you had mentioned with the, um, the armor. All right. And we have a sword like a literal sword that as a picture of the armor and yeah, give that sword to somebody that's never used a sword and the word of God the, as that sword of the spirit is mentioned as it's a double edged sword. Well, I'll use this. Well, but if you've never used a sword, you don't know how to use the word of God appropriately, what it's used for, then you're going to hurt yourself because you're going to get cut because I got this. No, it's a training. Just like if you've seen, the martial arts and they use the nunchucks and these different things that they're not just throwing the stuff around. It's very intricate. It's very detailed and you have to be trained in it. And it, um, I thought of this as the helmet, like you're looking out of a helmet and you can maybe look at it like a football where like kind of like a horse you have, your vision is really focused on a certain area to where you, you're focusing on ya or, you know, to where you're not, you know, looking to the left or the right. I've got this helmet on to keep me focused, keep me protected. And it it came to mind that this aspect of the armor is a picture of Messiah, that you have the mind of Christ. Well, the helmet of salvation, you have the word of God, you have the breastplate of righteousness. All this is given example is put on Yeshua HaMashiach that says, put on the Lord, you know, be fully clothed. Well, that's the armor that's walking as he did in the fullnesses. You have the full armor of God because in him, you are complete in him. You have the armor so you have everything that you possibly need to go into battle and the Lord is with you. But like you said, that you have a general, what do you think the general is going to say when, all right, go out to battle? Well, no general you're in charge. So I'm just, I'll just sit here. No, you go out. I'm with you. I've got the support. And I know how to throw people into confusion and I know how to, uh, to come up at people, but you know, it's just like that movie we watched a few months ago that like you know, the guy says, this isn't a game this is somebody's life. And and that's what it is. Salvation, it's about life and death. It's about eternal life or eternal death. And it's a serious business. And the enemy's taking it seriously. God takes it seriously. And we're called to to do the same, but that doesn't mean we're frivolous with it and just go out and throw the pearls before the swine. No, don't do that. But just realize who you're dealing with because we have an, uh, an aspect of this in scripture where the enemy was around and You know, Peter with Yeshua, well, certainly, Lord, this will never happen to you. Get behind me, Satan. You don't have the things of God in mind, but the things of self, of man. Get away from me. You know, oh, Lord, you're not, no, it's not for you to die. Get away from me. You know, he doesn't even, you know, to where, come on, Peter, you know that this isn't for him. This is, and no, get away. But Yeshua was looking and he wasn't unaware of the enemy schemes that no, this is what I'm going to do, and you're not going to stop it. Nobody is, and you know I'm I'm not falling for this scheme. You know, even the what was it when he was in the the garden that they cut the ear off the the soldier. No, this isn't the way. If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And, you know, and reattaches the ear. No, this isn't. No, this isn't the way of it. You know, to where if the enemy can get us, he can just get us to be hypocrites. Gotcha. You tell people don't sin and you sin. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm not going to bring this out, but I mean, not me personally, but the enemy's is like, no, I'm going to keep this. I gotcha. If, if I can bring discredit, if I can get you riled up and upset and you point the finger at somebody else and you're getting irritated, gotcha. Because see, you're doing exactly what they do. I thought you were supposed to be all controlled. Come on. What are you getting upset for? Not doing that again. Uh, and just I'm gonna be watching because, oh, did you get upset? You know, if you, I've had people, the enemy come at through me through other people. Oh, are you getting upset? I thought you said it's supposed to be self-control. Oh, interesting, isn't it? And you're like, okay, I see that now. That so when that rise comes, because that's why we're told very clearly that our battle isn't against the other person. The other person, most of the time, doesn't even realize what they're doing. And Messiah knew this because they're putting him on a cross and you don't have any right to treat me like this. I'm the son of no, no father. They don't know what they're doing. The, this is a spiritual battle. They don't understand if they really knew what they were doing. They wouldn't be doing this, but they don't know. They don't see it. You know, the enemy does the, has those schemes. And, and that's the thing. That's why the teaching of, you see the speck in somebody's eye I'm teaching you because this warfare is it's going to be used against you realize you're doing the same thing, but now you can see it. The godly way is you point the finger back at yourself because it's being hypocritical if you don't evaluate it in yourself as well and don't attempt to change it. So that's something that the enemy will use is hypocrisy. So get away from hypocrisy and live the godly life because that's something that the enemy will drive to bring division. And this is a huge help because bringing this message out to people that People will seek after it and the enemy knows how to get to people to what they're programming to get them to stop or get discouraged or whatever. And that's the thing you got to push through. And it's just like in the word, it says, you know, like with Messiah that I tell you things, I tell you these things ahead of time, you know, so that you can know about it. And so you can start looking into it and, you know, even, Yeshua said that, you know, make sure nobody deceives you, that if somebody says that I'm here, don't go out into the field. No, because this is how you know I'm here, that just as lightning is from the east, from the west, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the clouds with the shout, with the trumpet. And that's how you know if somebody else says it, don't be deceived. Don't listen to other people. You know, don't listen to the people that claim to be me, but their message is completely opposite. Don't listen to people that are claiming that you can still sin and ask for forgiveness and still sin and don't listen to them because that's the enemy's schemes is to keep people in that feel good. And I could just see this as people are looking for the enemy to be like all snarly and mean. And, but they don't see the enemy being an angel of light and being nice. And no, that's not, no, that's not for you. But you don't see that because that's the deception. I don't want you to see who I really am. I want to hide in the background and be all nice and friendly and, Cause that's God. That's the love. And the enemy is the mean and the loud and I'll come to you nice and soft and you'll just, you'll feel good and everything. Yeah. You that, those people don't know what they're doing. I'm about love. I'm not about this and gotcha once again. And so this is just, if people aren't thinking about this, just to bring an awareness about this. And once you have the fullness of faith that you have the full armor, but it is very important to understand each piece of the armor because the, the gospel message helps to understand like knowing the truth of God and, and what righteousness is and what the word of God is and all these different things so that you're able to stand, you know, because when you go into battle, you have the protection. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get hit or anything like that, but it just means you're protected to where you can fight this battle. You know, like in the army, you're not going to run out, in there without a bayonet or guns or ammunition or you know, any of these other things, that's going to be crazy. So once again, just coming back to this is there is a battle, and realize that if somebody's coming at you, that the person most of the time is not going to understand what they're doing. that they're either being incited, it's their selfishness, the enemy's using the selfishness, coming after you, and it's our responsibility to respond. In a godly way, just like Messiah did, he's the example. Respond the way that he did. Like, I don't know if you all remember those little bracelets, the um, WWJD? What would Jesus do? Well, what would Yeshua do in this situation? Would he get all upset and start screaming and yelling, or well, I can see this. They don't understand what they're doing, so I'm, you know, I'll say this or I'll say that or or whatnot. But just don't be unaware that the enemy is out and prowling. And and I agree, Phil, with what you said, that it's not that we we don't challenge, like just go out, like make a um what would be the word, like like an, an idle threat. Like you just go out and it's like, yeah, you try to touch us and we'll just come after you. No, it's just like with the angel, you know, with Moses' body that no, let the Lord rebuke you. You know, I'm you know, the but we're not but we will challenge and we speak the truth boldly, which will challenge the enemy, but we had a, a story of a gentleman that when we used to go to a Christian church and he made the statement of the enemy can't touch me. And me and Phil looked at each other like, Oh, you better evaluate that because you know, you're making a, a ch-. And, and it's not that the enemy's like, Oh really? It's just like, he's already mine anyway. It's not really a challenge. But then a day or so later he had this big struggle, like somebody attacked him. And it's like, just be careful what you're saying because the enemy can incite people to do things against you. If you think that, well, I've got God and I've got all this power and you can't touch me. No, because God will say, no, that's not your place to do that. And here's a lesson for you in that. So,
1: Well, a couple of things came to mind. One, talking about the enemy, we've talked about things the enemy can do that you would you typically recognize, you know, someone yells at you or someone causes frustration. It's the schemes, well, you know what, why don't you not go do this tonight? Why don't you just stay home with me and watch a movie with my wife or whatever? I mean, it's the soft sides that are just as detrimental as the direct attack because that's still a direct attack, but it's from a soft side. Well, no, you know, I've, I haven't seen my wife in two weeks. I would, I would love to go spend time with her. She wants to spend time with me. Absolutely. I would love to spend time with my wife over. It's prayer time tonight. Oh, well, you know, why don't you just, and again, not saying that my wife has has done this, but that is definitely a pull for me. And I have to recognize that with the spiritual battle that if my wife or anyone, and this is again, before circumcision of the heart, that was a big struggle of mine that I dealt with of when my wife wanted to spend time with me, it was a real struggle for me to be like, nope, quiet time was 10 PM every night. Okay. And that was uh, an opportunity for me to prove where I stood with YAH because am I dedicated to YAH or am I dedicated to my wife? And again, my issues that I was struggling with and learning through, but something came to mind about the armor aspect that and touching on a, a feminine aspect of it, like ballerina slippers or shoes, those are too tight perceivably. When you first get them, you have to wear them for weeks and practice in them for weeks and your feet have to adapt, just like the helmet, just bringing a feminine side to it. And you have to learn how to tie them right so that they have the right support. Your feet have to adjust. They have to build callus. They have to learn, like you have to learn how to use those. And I I might not be a hundred percent sure on this, but I know that as you progress in that ballerina style. Someone who's done ballet for 10, 20 years, from what I understand, has a smaller fitting shoe because they've adapted their foot as time's gone on to be able to do harder and more advanced moves. They need a tighter shoe with more support. So they've learned to do that over time. They're growing into that. So that thought hit me in the armor that we put on. Knowing your triggers knowing where things can affect you, where the enemy can get something in for a foothold and being aware of that. For me, I have things like that that rise up and because of the understanding that's been given to me and because of the practice with using the armor appropriately, someone at work, you did that wrong. "Mm, Let me evaluate that. Well, first that's a stick. Why? Well, you're not good enough. You're, 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 You've got issues, insecurities, things like that that come from the lower conscience and recognizing that, okay, that ro- that that rise, that quick rise happened because of an insecurity. Hey, look, if I did it wrong, I want to make sure we're doing it right. What's the right way to do it? Let's, let's focus on the right way and we'll just move forward from here. But that's one of those arrows that, there you go, that's a jab, that's a stab. Well, look, I recognize that's one of my issues. So my first reaction to jump back, nope. Hey, that's a reaction response. What's the appropriate response in the situation? Because I know that that's where the enemy has come at me. I've built up areas and strength because of that. Because before you get hit, you don't realize it's a weakness. Once you realize it's a weakness, you can start to work on it. So then when you get hit there again, ah, I recognize this. And again, that's with practice and with time. I'm not saying that that's, you know, that's a constant growth throughout faith. But figuring out how to use the armor and fit it to each individual. And when I say that, your past, Sean, is not the same as my past. There's similar things in that. But things that have affected you in your life have stuck with you and they've affected you because it happened to you. We can relate, but I didn't live your life. You didn't live my life. So there are things that come out in that. So insecurity on different aspects, depending on what they are, Ya shows you what they are so you can learn how to build a defense against them. So when the enemy tries to use them against you, you have the ability to say, mm, that's a trigger of mine and we're working on removing the trigger. So nope, not going to respond that way. I'm going to respond this way, not react that way. And we talked about triggers at one point, I think in the last couple, in the last week or so, that that goal is to completely remove the trigger so that it's not even an option. And that's the goal is to build that endurance and build that um, opportunity to have the trigger removed. But it don't, that only comes with full faith.
0: Well, what's interesting is just back to football again, just, this is a, just speaks to me in this. You mentioned the word security and the point of it, when you get on that field is you have the uniform fitted to you. So where you're not thinking about Well, not that you're not thinking about you could get hit or you don't, I would think the mindset is um, you would, you would not go out there thinking that you're going to get hurt. The thing is, you're not thinking about it. You're just thinking about doing your job on the field because you have the security of the uniform to protect you no matter what, knowing that injuries can come. But if you run out there and you don't have the security of that uniform and protection, then, you know, it's just like you'll see some place where a guy will get up and the helmet will fly off and, or a shoe comes off Well, they don't just stay the rest of the game with the one shoe off and the helmet off. They know get back on or they won't even let them play. All right. So now get, get back to where you were. And then, so you can focus on the battle. And that's the thing is know the, know every aspect of the armor more and more to where it gets in your lower conscience to where you're just, you're being that with that protection and you're not thinking ahead about well, what if this. And you're just, You're just like Messiah, you're walking around with the confidence of truth, ready to go to battle. And you just do like, like if you're like it, you you train yourself to where it's out of the lower conscience, where you do use your upper conscience. But do you think that like, for example, Tom Brady, that he's thinking about, all right, well, I need to move here, move my hand here, move my legs here. No, you just, you've done it so much. You just do it and you're ready to go. And you look and you scan, all right, you see the field, all right, this, we're going to go here and here and you just do like, like us here tonight that I don't know if you all knew what we're going to be starting with, but I wasn't just sitting there just thinking about it and rolling all kinds. Of, I mean, I had a few thoughts, but I'm like, no, just go on the field and you just start flowing and playing. And then you have moments where somebody else will speak. And then you go to the sidelines and you kind of regroup and you think, all right, no, just, just kind of keep your head in the game. You know, just, just think about what you're doing. You know, don't be, getting distracted because you're going to get hurt because you're going to get blindsided, be looking, be scanning. And that's the thing just with the things of Yah, the creation of Yah, that the gospel message and their truth is in everything. Like you can take your work, you can take football that, you know, you go into work, you have your armor on because somebody comes at you and they're upset. Well, then I'll just retaliate. No, it says, no, they don't understand what they're doing. It's selfish. They don't know me personally. They're not coming at me, Josh, personally. They don't know me personally to do that. Now, the enemy can, well, yeah, come. I'll, I'll come at Josh this way, and we'll just see what he does, but people aren't thinking about that because it's selfishness, and that's how we stand out with the truth of God as we live it, and the more and more we apply the truth, we're able to make changes because we're called to be in the world but not of the world. Well, in the world, that means we're an enemy of the world because the one that's a friend of YAH is an enemy of the world and vice versa. If somebody is a friend of the world, they're an enemy of God. So if you're in the world, then you're an enemy of God. So therefore you're on the opposing side and you're on the enemy side. So you either switch sides or you stay on that side. And cause I remember this in my life. I mean, everybody has struggles, but the struggles that I have now weren't happening when I was before faith in God, because there's no reason for the enemy to, to do anything, but, Oh, you're leaving my side. You're being a traitor. Oh, this isn't happening. And we'll send my unit out to get you back and bring you back. Like you're a spy. We're going to catch you and bring you back and punish you back over here. And unless you make it to the other side and then you're protected because you made it to the other side. And that's the thing. Make it to your side to where you're in the strong tower to where the enemy can throw darts and he can do whatever he wants, but he's not getting in. But make sure that you're in the strong tower. And that's the thing. Get to the place where you're protected so that okay well the the enemy can come after but you know like the word says that you know nobody's going to remove you from yah's hand but you can walk away from it so just be careful there if you choose to walk out then the protection's gone and then you're right back and what do you think the enemy is going to do with you knowing that you were on that side and you fell away oh it's going to be even worse now because now you're coming back and now you you just have the fire of torment and judgment waiting for you on Yah's side because now you're a trader from that side. So, you know, just make sure you find your way that you're on the, that you're with God, because even Yeshua said that if you're, whoever is not for me is against me.
1: Just real quick, Sean, it's not ironic at all, but I actually had that conversation last week with an employee about taking things personal because he got very, he got very upset at a customer for, a situation that was going on and he had to walk away for a moment and I handled the customer and I ended up stepping him aside and saying, you know, he doesn't know you. He doesn't know anything about you. And he's just, he saw the way this was going on and didn't like what was taking place with his food. And he corrected you on it. he got upset and frustrated because he took it personal that you were messing up his food and you weren't doing that intentionally. You didn't have knowledge that you were doing it. You didn't know how he liked his food. But then you took it personal that he was correcting you on something that you didn't know and you got upset. And I was like, it happens. It's happened to me before, but that whole situation, if you just would not have taken personal, you would have been able to fix the situation, handle it, no issue. So that's a big issue with anybody that if you take something personal, it can really affect you. And you're absolutely right. Same thing with me, not taking things personal at my job. And I've definitely done that in the past. And there are times when I catch myself still doing it. So just learning not to do that. But I just thought that was very funny that you brought that out. And I was like, that literally was a conversation I had three days ago. So I thought that was very ironic.
0: Well, this just came to mind and this is an important aspect too, is yes, we're explaining the aspect of that. The enemy of God is out there and not just like, just like the enemies, the general, and he has, his troops as well that the demons that are going out. So it's not just the enemy Satan himself is doing everything that he's got different ones doing it. And what's interesting is this, that once you get to the fullness of faith, that you have the full armor of God. So it's not just that you are that the enemy's coming at you or other people, but it's your lower conscience programming the giants in the land that are in your lower conscience that you're battling because of selfishness that you deal with, that you need the mind of Messiah, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness to say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this because this is what's right to do, that you have to battle people in your life that are against it. That So this isn't just that the enemy is just, you're just out there and the enemy of God is just coming after you. But it's like people in your life that the enemy will work through or speak through or just their own selfishness that is coming out that you're, you're battling because you used to be there and things will rise up and and you struggle. And so this is this, yes, we are coming out from an aspect is there's a spiritual battle that the enemy wants to keep those that are his, but it is also that just in the song of burning heart by survivor, that it's you against you, that the battle that you're fighting the programming that you have within that you're dealing with as well. So this spiritual battle isn't just the enemy of God coming at you. It's that you've got programming from your past that wants to stay there, <laughs> that you've got to say, no, this is going out because this isn't appropriate anymore. This is going out. So it's still you battling yourself as well uh, in this. So that just came to mind as well. So it's not just from an aspect of, yeah, put on the armor because the enemy's coming after you, but you still, you've got programming that's in place that you fight against that you've got to evaluate does this stay in? Does this go? Um, because that's from, you know, like the spiritual aspect of the, the principalities and the, the, in the air and everything that you put that in your mind, that's in the world and you've got to evaluate it and get that out, put the godly in. So you still are going to sit there and battle many, many things. So it's just to make an awareness of you have struggles in life anyway, outside of faith in YAH, but in faith in YAH, you still have more struggles because the struggles will help you to, uh, change and take out things in the lower conscience programming that need to be replaced that aren't functional
2: so wait a minute our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms well why don't we leave people alone then why don't we just Our battle's not against them, it's against the spiritual forces. Well, the reason is, is because I'm not battling you, but you're on the battlefield. Whether you're on God's side, and truly on God's side, and if you're not on God's side, You're on the enemy's side, and there's a lot of people who profess to be on God's side that are still on the enemy's side, and the enemy loves that as well, too. Because here's the thing. When somebody's attacking you physically, verbally, uh, emotionally, spiritually, however it is that they're attacking you, you have to learn the art of looking through that person, looking past them it doesn't mean that you're not going to address that person for the sake of truth but if they're just going to argue and fight with you over and over then we're not going to cast the pearls before the swine so but you you are going to get i uh, wounded in the in the process if you're not in faith in god you're going to get wounded in the process thinking that you're on God's side, but you're not. And so I have to, there's a balance in in what we're talking about here that we truly have to balance how am I going to address this person? Well, one, I'm going to address them making it clear that I'm not taking this personal. And if I don't take it personal, that means it, it doesn't affect me. That means I won't get frustrated, I won't get aggravated, I won't get agitated, and I won't get angry. Those are signs of somebody who's taking it personal, and you're taking it personal from that person, and then you start to retaliate towards that person instead of to the enemy. Now, what our retaliation to the enemy should be is the presentation of truth to the individual on the battlefield you know yes you're you're going to get wounded but you need to know that I'm not coming after you I'm not coming at you because my battles against you I'm coming for you and me coming for you well if you fight me tooth and nail along the way then you're going to get injured and I'm going to have to leave you and I don't want to leave you you know, if you're captive by the enemy, then you should want to escape that. It's just the biggest issue is for the people that think they have escaped it and are still trapped by the enemy. The ones that can sit there and say that, yeah, I've I, I have faith in God, I've committed myself to Christ. And I still sin. Well, you're still defeated. You're still on the enemy's side, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants all these people that are thinking that way. Well, that's great for him because he doesn't need to come at you ugly and uh, hateful. Why would he want to eliminate you from the world rather than try to eliminate us because we're speaking truth? And the truth we're speaking are like, it, they're like atom bombs. I mean, they're if people adhere to them, seek them and discuss the enemy's ability to control them from any perspective. And they don't see that they're a puppet on a string. And that's where we have to, when we're having, when we're in the battle with the enemy and there's a person in front of us, we have to be watching the enemy working them so that we can use the appropriate truth necessary to out the enemy because that's the beauty part about truth. Now, don't use your opinion because then you'll start getting frustrated again because somebody's not going to accept your opinion, but use truth. And truth doesn't have to be professed over and over and over and over again truth just has to be professed once once and if it's absolutely true it can't be moved that that's the shield is we use the truth of God as the shield of faith that that you can't you can't shield you can't knock this shield down and you can't penetrate this shield all those flaming arrows from the enemy can't do it I mean God showed by the attitude of your mind that you can you can hold on to that what is good even uh Job Job didn't curse God in the end yeah he made some arrogant statements he did and he had to repent for those but when he recognized it he repented and just like the uh the fourth gentleman in that story of Job, his attack really wasn't against Job, but it was against the enemy who was feeding Job these uh, prideful, well, I'll ask God and he'll answer me. And, well, no, just justify God and don't worry about you because whether you have righteousness or credited to you from God, you, you're you still, it's a credit to you. It's not ownership. So you still deserve that punishment that Messiah got. And so we got to look at a balance because you're not going to, this does not mean, well, my battle's not against this person I'm talking to. So I'm just going to coddle them and tell them that, oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. I'm going after the enemy who's, no, sometimes you're going to have to hurt that person. You're you're going to have to cut them with the sword of the spirit in order for them to recognize that they're wounded and then seek the true healing of God. They're not seeing that the enemy, they don't want the sword of the spirit to touch you because it hurts and it convicts. And when it convicts, it convinces. And when you're convinced, then you've got a choice to make. I don't want nothing to do with it, or I'm changing. One or the other. So we have to balance. Yes, I'm going to say things to people who are in this world that are going to think that I'm attacking them By what I'm saying, I can go back to the discussion or the the conversation I had with my cousin that he, he, I'm sure, he felt like I was attacking him, and though he made some attempts to attack me, it meant nothing to me because your words are going towards God, not towards me, and I have empathy for you, because that's not a good place to be. You think that what you're doing is the right thing. Well, did Saul, not King Saul, but Saul, who became Paul, did he not think he was doing the right thing when he was persecuting the church of God, when he was going and dragging them out and killing them and having other people stone them to death and standing there and being a witness to it. But then he changed. So he had the pretense and the perception that it was for God. Oh, look at the Muslims. I mean, you got you talk about zeal for, for their God, they have it. I mean, faith in God we need to have the same zeal that the Muslims have, that, that you're going to make sure that you're doing everything appropriate and right. You're making sure that the enemy is no longer working you like a puppet, and you are in control of that, where <clears throat> it's kind of like a puppet master. Well, the enemy is a puppet master. And... The puppets are sinful people and God told Cain about this. And God told Cain that you have to stop being uh, driven around and worked by sin. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. Well, it does have you and it's got you doing exactly what it wants you to do. And God gave a warning. You know, if you do what is right, you will be accepted. And he went, and he, by the work of the enemy, he killed his brother. Because, oh, look what he did! He thinks he's so smart, and he's all—he thinks he's uh, got the better sacrifice than I do. And and Abel had nothing like that. But the enemy would be putting those thoughts in Cain. And God told Cain, "Sin is crouching at your door." You must master it. It desires to have you. You must master it. Well, that's exactly the sin from the enemy is your puppet master. And if you sin, you're being worked by the enemy. I don't care what you profess about some sort of faith in God. You're still being worked by that puppet master. And the objective goal is for you to become the master over sin. So now you are controlling sin. You are the one that is directing and guiding. And no, this is not acceptable here, and we're not going to have that here. And you're mastering sin rather than sin mastering you. And when you master sin, when you are the master over sin, not mastering sin, like getting it to perfection. Now, when you are the master over mm-hmm. sin, then you have done away with sin. And therefore, you have the control to say and to do no more sin. That, that's the fact of the matter. And so it's just really important as we look at it to recognize that there are things that you're going to have to say to people that when, when you're battling, that they're not going to want to hear. But the greatest thing that you can do is reason with them and reason with the truth of God. That way, if they argue against it, they fight against it, they're not fighting against you. They're not arguing against you. Now, if you bring up your own opinions and what you think and this is what you should do, and this is what I think you should do, then that's a problem, and you're going to get frustrated, and you're going to, when they uh, strike back at you, you're going to take it as a personal attack rather than, no, I'm going to speak the truth, and I know that it's going to move that person to anger at times. I know that it's going to move that person to be upset, but my intention is to teach you the truth about God and when it's true they can argue with it all they want but you're not going to care because it's not your truth it's God's truth and God will deal with them and so we are in a balance where we have to go to battle with other people but we have to in that battle our objective goal is not to destroy that person, but it is to bring them back from the other side, to to transfer them from the army of the enemy to the army of God. And so uh, it's going to hurt at times, and there's things you're not going to want to hear, but I'm not doing it with the intention of harm for you, and I'm going to prove to you because I can show you in the word of God the truth of this, and then you settle it with God then. But that's a, uh, a key factor, and it's just, again, spiritually, it puts us in the same position as Abraham going to rescue Lot. Our objective goal with the gospel message is to rescue people from the grips of the enemy, but. Not by you hearing what we say and just blanketly agreeing with it, rather than prove it wrong. Prove it through the word of God that it's wrong. And if if the best you can come up with is, well, they've just gone a whole lot farther than anybody else, then that's a problem for you because if there's farther you can go and you don't want to go there, then You're not fully committed, not at all. So just some interesting things that were coming to mind as I was uh, listening here for you guys talking.
0: And this is not meant to be funny. This is just something that came to mind. Have you all seen the movie Wizard of Oz? I had this picture come to mind of just looking past the person that you remember the scene at the end when Dorothy gets to Oz and she hears who are you to come in here and like you hear the big like fire and everything and you know she's all scared and afraid because this big old voice is there and she doesn't know She's thinking oh my gosh it's the big bad powerful oz and then toto and this made me think of this is that mother is representation of toto that the dog goes over and chews at the curtain and you know he's and you can see that the like the wizard is back there with the little machine and he's just you know, just looks like almost like Colonel Sanders or something. He's just in there twirling and making noise. And, you know, she looks over and, and you see the dog is there and is moving the curtain. And it made me think that mother's like, do you see? Cause with mother within that you're not able to be deceived. So she says, do you see, you see this, the curtain gets moved away and then don't pay attention to the man on the curtain. You know, you don't, don't pay any attention to that. Don't worry about that. And it's like, he keeps on and then she walks over and Are you kidding me. And what, you know and then he and you find out that that's what the enemy is when the enemy comes out like how he is it'll be when he's exposed it's like really this is what we were all f- afraid of and th- this and it's just like and she was like shame on you and you doing all these things and how dare you you know treat a dog like this and all that and treating the you know the 10 men and all that and then you know he comes around and stuff like that but it made me think of that that's the master of puppets I'm, I'm manipulating, but it takes you to be able to see. Do you see? I'm going to look past this. Look past the person and and look to it. And it made me think about this. When Yeshua was, by mother, was taken out into the wilderness, what was it that when the enemy came in him, what was it that he came back at the enemy with every single time?
1: Absolute truth. The scripture. The,
0: the word Lord. of God. Because do we have, this came to mind too, when he came back with the word of God, did the enemy say, well, that's not true, it's this, or do we have any record of the enemy coming back against him after he made a statement? Because, well, you know, you have these stones here, why don't you turn them into bread? And he says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, and oh no, that's not true, and you can, no, he just went on to something else, and. That's the thing is when you're attacked, the solution to any of it is the Word of God. That's what quenches out every flaming arrow. So you have a flaming arrow coming at you. What happens is somebody shoots a flaming arrow at you, and you put up a wall of ocean water. It's just going to extinguish. It's just going to go right in the water. It's not going to have any effect, you know. Or or a big wall or whatever, or you know, solid steel. It's just going to bounce off, and it's not going to. And that's the thing is well, wow, well, maybe I could, well, I guess I could turn these into, and then he just, the arrows just start getting penetrating or yeah, I am really hungry. So, Oh, gotcha. You know, cause he was looking for that. If I can get you to sin that just cause you're in, in flesh as I can get you to sin. This whole plan is gone. And no, I'm going to, um, I'm not going to be able to be tempted because I stand on the truth of God. And it says that the, that Yah cannot be tempted by evil. So really, he he was sent out to the desert to prove that he was unable, that he's not able to be tempted because he didn't fall for it. So now in him, we're not able to be tempted as well. But it just made me think of that. The There's even a song in the world that I've listened to by Metallica called Master of Puppets. And you look at the cover of that and it shows hands with some strings coming down in a cemetery. And it's just like, well, it makes sense that you know, you have this hand leading people that are dead and the the, the strings are being pulled and you can just see little tiny strings. You can barely see it, but you see this hand over top of it and you see the strings, the master of puppets. And that's what the enemy is, is the master of puppets. And, you know, I'm not going to be a puppet anymore. I'm going to be the one that's going to master sin. So no, you're not going to manipulate me anymore. There's just so many examples of this, but I mean, the way to Cause these things are going to come and it's just be prepared. Cause that's the thing. The best thing for anything is to prepare so that when it does come like with the radiator, you, you talked about, well, not that you can prevent everything, but what's the best preparation? Well, check your vehicle. Are there any leaks? No. Is it, have I changed the antifreeze or whatever? And just to prevent leaks to where, or you, you know, you change your oil in your car your lawnmower or whatever, so that it doesn't break down. And that's the thing that the more we prepare by studying truth, applying truth, and we won't break down. And that's the thing. Cause if you wait and then you break down, it's a catastrophic failure as opposed to, you know, let me check my car, maintain it so that it doesn't fail, you know? And again, you'll have things come up, but most of the time you could look at it as something that could be prevented, you know, a battery issue or tires or, or whatever, but maintain your faith to where there's no catastrophic failures that, you're maintaining and you're actually, you know, keeping everything updated and, you know, stuff like that be looking for things ahead of time. Cause that's one of the worst things is you're not checking things. And then all of a sudden something happens and I don't understand why this happened. Well, have you been, you know, looking at your faith, you've been looking at your car, you know, you know, same different things, but yeah, there's so many, I just I enjoy the analogies that come out cause it just helps to give a, a actual example. So you can apply this to your own faith journey. But I mean, I can remember coming from Christianity. We maybe have mentioned the full armor of God a few times, but the assumption is, well, you've accepted Jesus. You're saved. So you, you've got the armor. You don't need to really do anything. You know, there's nothing you have to do. You know, you're set.
1: Well, and sitting here thinking about other tactics, the enemy uses, um, that, Doubt is a tool and the enemy can use doubt or doubt can be used to bring truth to a situation either way. Well, is that really what God said that you'll die? Well, if truth was in place in that, yes, that's absolutely what came from the mouth of YAH and that's what we're going to do. We are not touching this tree. Okay, cool. No problem. We'll walk away. No, no issue. Well, maybe, well, why? Because there was doubt instilled and we just talked about doubt recently and doubt is not necessarily a bad thing provided that it leads to the discovery of truth because doubt is a tool. If you doubt something and you're not using that doubt as a tool to say, oh, wait a second, I doubt this. Let me discover the truth of this. And then once I've discovered the truth, oh, now I have the solution to this. So there's no reason to doubt in it now. But if you can evaluate something and you have doubt in it, then you have discovery that needs to take place. Well, Josh, you you know, you know, you made a mistake right there. That was it. That you made a mistake. Mm, No, I did the best I could in the situation and I'm going to grow from this. So that's a mistake. No, it's an opportunity for growth. Why? Because the helmet of salvation, I'm constantly perfecting my life in YAH. And if there's mistakes being made, how can I be in perfection? How can I be in the process of perfecting if I'm making mistakes? There's opportunity to grow. There's process that's taking place, but growth is happening, not decay. So a mistake is a backwards direction, not a forwards direction. So again, using doubt as a tool to discover truth. And that's the aspect of the full faith in YAH. If you have doubts, use those doubts to discover the truth of whatever the situation is and be absolutely certain in the scripture of faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And when someone comes to you with something about faith, about true faith, would you bet your entire life on that truth that you believe or whatever you believe, whether it's truth or not? Just, those are things that came to mind when we talked about that.
2: In this battle, It's important that you are really in tune to the spirit. And, uh, Sean, I'll tell this to you because you've been directed that there's a battle coming for you, uh, for you to go to war. Be careful that you watch for when the enemy is in control of an individual, as opposed to them being in Control. Now, what that means is is like because I, I see it uh, with another individual that there are times where the way this person comes, uh, I'm like, that's the enemy. I'm not even engaging in that, and I go on. I just ignore it. And through that person, they try to you know they try to dig and they try to prompt and they try to dig and they pro and it's you just. Set your mind. I'm not going to engage in that because that is actually the enemy using, you know, it's not them, the enemy. It's the enemy using them as a vessel to speak to you, kind of like what you would call like uh, possession or not really, and I'm not pushing to that, the fullness of the possession in it rather than seeing when the enemy rises up and there's not uh, the lord rebuke you and you go on about your business and I'm not going to discuss this now but when you see that person return to themselves then that opens the door for conversation and you know you can go back to well you don't recognize but when this was going on it was the enemy through you um I don't think it was you at all I think it was the enemy But it's really important, and this is why we we should study the enemy to see how they work so that we know because they have the ability to rise up in unbelievers and people who aren't seeking God with all of their heart. And they can rise up in you, and it doesn't have to be a full-fledged possession where they control you all the time. That can happen. But in a general sense, it's more an aspect of they rise up within you and you don't even realize they're doing it and then they go away and now you're stuck to do the damage control because you didn't pay attention that well that's not the truth of god i'm not going to say that rather than no that's the enemy rising up and so i'm not going to engage that person at that time because Then it will be more of a personal attack against them rather than, no, I'm going to wait till I see clearly that they've returned to themselves and then, you know, we can talk about it. We can go back to it. So it's just some important stuff. Uh, And again, any topic that we talk about, we could, you know, we could talk till morning and still have a sea full of stuff that we didn't even touch. So.
0: Well, and with that, what's speaking to me about the situation that YAH told me that when YAH gave that to me is that it's really speaking to me about going to battle with the person that you're going into the field to bring them out from that side back to the other. So interesting how the full armor of God is mentioned here to where that's the position to be in in order to help somebody to rescue them to get them from the other side, because if not, then you and the other person are going to get wounded and then it makes no difference. So that's the aspect of like, Yah told us that unless you're sent out and you're ready to go, you're not prepared yet, but now you have the fullness of it. Now you can really go. And like the word says in Jude that snatch people out of the fire, get them out of, not that you yourself are doing it, but it's the Lord with you going out and having the power to bring the person back to rescue them. And is just, just, just all these, this as being a help because it would be ridiculous to just go out on your own without uh, and go out anywhere to try to do anything on your own. Cause in the end, he's going to be all over that. But that is a help because it is. Cause I, I've seen that before. It's like, you can see it's like somebody does something and then it's almost like, they just forgot all about it and like nothing and to where if you even asked them, they'd be like, what are you talking about? And cause I've had that before myself where you just get so frustrated. And then all of a sudden you just, and you're like, what was that all about? Like, I don't, I don't, I wasn't thinking it just kind of rose up. I don't know like what got me so frustrated. And that's why I take the thoughts captive. So you can figure out why are you getting frustrated? Because when it rises up, then it takes over you instead of you taking control of it to where you don't, you know, let me be careful here. Yeah, because a lot of times somebody can come up just to see, to get you to react to something instead of, no, I'm not. And it's a balance of watching
2: for that. Right, and the key is is that you have to watch and recognize when they dis- disassociate. You know, the, there is a uh, disassociation disorder where you just, you don't, that's why you, you'll do something and you don't even remember doing it because... Those alters aren't communicating, and they, they're they not associating with each other, and that's why it's a dissociation. You, you're not recognizing it, and we need to be able to recognize that in people, that when they slip into a dissociative disorder, that they're not going to recognize when they come back to themselves, that we don't engage with that uh, dissociative uh, alter, that now, it doesn't mean that we may not talk about it at some point and bring it up. Um, and the other thing, Sean, do you think it's a coincidence that you were just told last week about the aspect of uh, having to enter into the spiritual battle uh, and be on the battlefield with somebody um, that for rescue and mother brings it to your mind to bring up this subject and this is something we've talked about uh, many times in our gathering is that if something comes to you and comes through you it is for everybody but it is more so for the individual bringing it out than it is for everybody else and if we uh, look at it that way then we recognize that okay for you you brought up this aspect of the spiritual battle. So what mother is telling you is make sure you're studying into this, make sure you're looking for it, make sure you're aware. Don't be unaware because uh, it's really important that as you get into this battle, that you make sure that you're not battling against the individual. You're there to rescue them, but know that some of what you're going to say, they're going to feel like it's an attack and You say you have to walk that balance line and walk the edge like we had talked about a couple years ago that sometimes you have to walk the edge with somebody to where you're, you're just right on the edge, but it's a controlled edge. It's not that you're teetering back and forth. It's no, I have to walk this edge because you need to know the truth, but I'm going to make sure that I'm not letting the enemy Get the best of this situation, rather than I'm not here. I'm not here to overtake you. I'm here to overtake the enemy, to bring you back or bring you to the uh, army of God, and to be on that side.
0: Well, Josh, you had mentioned this briefly. The be prepared with the have your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Well, what do people perceive the gospel of peace is? Oh, Josh, everything's okay. Everything is no blessed are the peacemakers. The gospel of peace is you come to the person and they may not necessarily like it. It, It's a battle, but the gospel of peace when applied and lived, it brings peace. So it's not that you just come to them and here's peace. It's, no, you come and bring war because then it is the gospel of peace that if you apply it and you accept it, it does bring the authority to destroy the chaos. So it does bring peace. So blessed are the peacemakers, which bring the truth of God. Doesn't mean that that they're going to treat you all peaceful and nice. It means that inside of you, you're at peace with it and you're, you're a peacemaker, then you'll have peace as well. So it's in order to have peace there there's a famous book out there by leo tolstoy it's called war and peace you can't have peace without war because people think well i'll just have peace but i don't want to go to war then you can't have peace because what did messiah go through was that simple easy but did it bring peace peace be with you peace that i give to you but because i've overcome the world now in me you will have peace which means you put to death, the authority attached to chaos. You put sin to death in your mind, then God will put sin to death in your heart. Take it, move it to the body of flesh. So, in order to have peace, you've got to go to battle. But what happens is, is people think that you can have peace without war, and you can't. And you know, I would challenge anybody that refute that statement that in order to have peace, you don't have to go to war. You must.
1: Well, in the whole aspect of peace, you're talking about war. If So the conversation with my wife and I the other day, when we were both, we, we had a war going within us, where do fights and quarrels come among you Do that come from your own selfish desires that dwell within you. Both of us were stretched pretty thin that week. We had both dealt with a lot of different stressful situations and we had not processed through those situations enough and that started to come up and rise so we both felt that coming and we were talking and we could feel both we could see both of our frustrations rising hey let's pause for a minute so in that the war then switched from between the conversation that was starting to an internal conflict with one another and i had stuff that was rising up and i was sitting there evaluating things and saying no that's selfish okay well with the feet fitted for the gospel message, am I taking my stand on peace? Or am I taking my stand on a statement I'm about to make that's not true, that benefits me and doesn't benefit unity. Mm. Okay. So learning that battle within to then bring peace from that in an appropriate way of, okay, let's stop. I did this, you did this. Hey, what did we do this week? We went through a really rough week. We made it through. It's now over. I understand it still had some frustration tied to it. So let's let it go and we'll move forward from here. We're going to have a great day together and we're going to grow. We'll get through the next situation that much more with our heads on our shoulders <laughs> and focused on it's about us making it through this, not about what I did and what you did. And we, we talked about that and we're like, you're right. And we both accepted the responsibility that we were doing that and not realizing it. In our own mind. And that's the battle that goes within that you have to be able to self evaluate. And the spirit, mother in you, just taking that knife of, Are you being selfish right now? Yes, I am. Okay. How are you going to handle this? Not going to be selfish. Okay. This frustration you're feeling, that thought that rises up of, You know what? I don't even want to be with you guys right now. I'll just go home. That's not appropriate. That's like a five year old kid throwing a temper tantrum oh, wow, I didn't see that there. Okay, no, yeah. But that thought being placed in there, being able to recognize him, like, that's not me. That's that's what a five-year-old child does. I'm not a child, I'm an adult. And I'm a man of Yah. And that's not how Yah would act. That thought was placed there. Ooh, I recognize that now. Okay, well, we're not going to engage with that. So that's gone. That's the battle that takes place. And that's that spiritual battle we talk about that happens in the mind that you can then act appropriately and speak appropriately in the situation. And that's just a constant training over and over again. And I'm grateful that I have a wife that's in faith and that we can learn and do that together because doing it together is far more beneficial than if I was at one point I wasn't in faith. And she was, and she had to deal with that. But I could not imagine being on the other side of her not being in faith and having that conversation with someone who wasn't in faith, who would continue to attack in that moment. That would be a very big struggle. And I'm grateful that that did not happen. I'm grateful that we can grow together and work on unity together because that's a huge benefit as we move forward in faith for both of us because we're both learning and seeing, and it helps you learn and grow that much better in that for the spiritual battle.
2: Well, and again, it's hugely important that before you battle with somebody that you really evaluate, you choose your battles. And what I mean by that is, if it's a battle against the enemy every single time, then you you it's not a choice. You, you, you go to war, you go, you, you fight that battle. But what I'm looking at is, are these thoughts that I'm having and what I'm about to say, and my frustration tied to it, is that attack against the other person? And that, that's easy enough for you to evaluate. And look into and if you can dial it down to an attack against the other person then what it tells you is this is senseless it's meaningless it means nothing it has nothing to do with the eternal glory of god and therefore i'm not even entering this battle i'm not even i'm not even going to step foot on the battlefield because it's not a warranted battle for me to fight that's the the concept of paying attention to the truth of God and paying attention to the spirit of God so that you will evaluate, take every thought captive and make it submissive to Messiah. You take the thoughts captive at the beginning, and if you feel yourself going to war with somebody, well, our responsibility as believers is to make sure that it's not a personal war, that it is truly the spiritual war of God, And I'm going to do what's necessary in this. But if it's a personal war because of selfishness in your lower conscience, it's senseless, it's useless, and it's not of any benefit. So you can minimize those types of battles. But there may be times where, no, this is a serious enough issue and we need to go to. Uh, We need to battle. We need to hash this out, but not from an anger perspective. And if there's frustration rising, then I'm battling from the wrong perspective uh, as it is. So it's really important that we're able to choose the battles appropriately according to what the battle. Is this truly a battle against the enemy or against another person? And if it's against a person, you drop it. It's not worth the time because it means nothing in the end. But if it has a a bid or a uh, aspect of salvation for somebody else, then no, I, I, we need to talk about this and we need to address this issue because this is this is important because your faith hinges on this. And so because it's it would be very easy for you and your lower conscience to or you could start on a spiritual battle and end up on a personal battle because something said that strikes you (coughs) the wrong way and then you lash back without even thinking about it and then they lash back and before you know it you're sitting there uh actually attempting to destroy each other rather than to lift, uplift and uh, build up and improve the other person. But improvement does not necessarily mean that it's going to feel good all the time because there are times when somebody needs to hear the truth and it needs to be, when truth is spoken, it needs to be spoken with authority which is, no, this is the truth. This isn't a, well, that's what you think. No, it's not what I think. But I'm only going to tell it to you once because if you want to fight with it, fight with the word of God because that's what says this thing that I'm bringing to you. And that is a key factor when you're going to war against the enemy, just like Messiah did. He went to war with the word of God. And so when you go to war with somebody, you make sure you're using the Word of God so that you can put it there. This isn't my opinion. This is what it says right here. See? You, You can read it for yourself. I'm not saying it. The Word of God does. And the Word of God is true, and it's up to you. If you don't want to follow it, then you do what you need to do, but... It, so it really is important that, as we battle, we make sure that our focus is on rescue of the other person. It's the same thing if you're you're in a battle with your wife, if you can take a moment and sit back and say, "Is this for her benefit or mine? Well, it's for my benefit. Then I'm not fighting this battle. And she could do the very same thing. and then that way, you both avoid, Uh, unnecessary frustration and aggravation because eventually it's going to have to be brought to your attention that you were wrong anyway, whether uh, a person does it or YAH says, you know, YAH brings it to you and says, hey, that's not appropriate. You can't be acting like that. You've got faith in God. So we're not, we're not going to do that. And so it's really important to make sure that you're growing and learning from that perspective as well.
1: Well, and both of us taking time yesterday, like we talked about, you feel that rise come up and, you know, once you get the emotion controlled or enough to you, Oh, I'm getting emotional about this. Anna spoke to me about some stuff and I sat there for a good five or 10 miles and just didn't say anything. And she was like, well, are you mad? Are you frustrated? I was like, I am choosing how I'm going to respond to this. And she was like, Oh, and in my mind, that was the whole battle that was going on about the frustration about, well, you know, I don't understand why this no. Okay. So this is, this is a perfect time to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. So since I'm becoming frustrated and feeling that rise and I can feel that there's anger there, I am not going to say anything until those emotions subside and I can pick through what is actually going on in my mind and weigh it appropriately and respond. And by mother having that time to do that, are you trying to be unified or are you trying to take a side? And I was like "Mm, unified. Okay. So let's talk about this. Hey, we both had, and that's when it started to be a, we are doing this. We are working through this. We are moving forward from this. These things that happened last week have passed. We're not going to dwell on them. How can we get past this hon? what can we do? And she was like, wow, you know, I didn't think of it like that. You're right. It is over. It's done and we've gotten stronger for it. And that was an opportunity. And she has done that to me more times than I've done it to her being quiet and being an appropriate response. She's, definitely demonstrated that enough to me because she definitely was in faith before me. So just learning to grow together as a group, and that's the help back and forth that I'm going to hold on to this until I know it's appropriate to say and evaluate what I'm about to speak. Because again, feet fitted with the gospel of peace and what I'm is what I'm about to say, this statement that I'm about to step out on, Is it going to bring peace? Is there going to continue to be a conflict in a war? And if that's the case, is it worth taking a stand on just and just reiterating if it's spiritually driven? Yes, it's worth taking a stand on for that battle, but if it's self-driven, then there's no reason to even step out and take a stand on it.
0: Well, and as we wrap up for the evening, I'll, 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 we'll end with this, that, The scripture that you mentioned is a help from Yah on seeing past the person and looking at what's driving it, because being quick to listen, look past the other person, listen how this is coming, look how it's coming. And when you're slow with something, like a slow car is moving, but it's slow. So Yah doesn't say you don't speak, because like with Yeshua in the wilderness, He spoke but be quick to listen up. Oh, I see what this is. Cause I'm seeing past you're using frustration to get me to, but no, I'm, I'm discerning, be quick to discern and really listen how it's coming. The body language, everything. And this isn't, this person doesn't realize what they're doing, that it's spiritually driven, slow to become angry. Doesn't say you don't become angry. Why? Because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So your selfish anger, does not produce the righteousness that Yahs looking for a godly anger is about what's right because the rescue of the person is you're frustrated for i'm rescuing this person's life as opposed to why are you staying here and why are you because war is a series of battles
2: and just remember that godly anger is controlled yes and uh worldly yeah. enemy anger is fits of rage
0: yeah because like a Wrath doesn't mean uncontrolled. Wrath just means you're pouring out the righteous anger. Like if you're uh, like Messiah turning the tables, that there was wrath and anger, but it was I'm doing this because I'm going to rescue you from this thievery and get you to walk in the truth. So it's about, but the <laughs> what's interesting is is Yah gives the tools. Like Josh, you mentioned the fear and the doubt that the enemy will use that to keep you there but it's intended Yah uses it for good well the, the the dysfunction is to keep you in fear but the functional is to use fear to get you to seek the truth to get out of fear or get away from it ultimately but yeah just phil as you said we could be talking about this for hours and hours but that's a good stopping point Um Yah's given a lot of truth a lot of insight information and um so we'll wrap it up for this evening and just as a reminder that on Saturdays we do have a podcast at six o'clock in the morning Eastern time. And, um, you know, here on Tuesday nights at seven thirty PM and we do have Facebook page hidden treasures revealed and, um, email address, hidden treasures revealed at aol.com. Any questions, comments, you know, we'd really like to hear, uh, you know, the topics that we get are from y'all, you know, could be a question somebody has could lead to a future topic. So, uh, Guys, it was good being with you, good spiritual discussion, and we'll appreciate everybody listening, and we'll see you on the next podcast.
2: Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you, you may if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge, to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be
1: blessed by it.